2: Hey, what's up, America? I'm John Tobacco, in for Greg. We got a lot to talk about tonight, so let's get right into it. You know, once upon a time in this great country, people were proud of this place, proud of being the greatest country in the history of civilization, or as it's more commonly referred to as the United States of America. Yeah, all you haters can laugh at that, but it's true anywhere across the country you want it was more than likely you would hear this at least once now USA! 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 what a beautiful sound usa but now we've gone from loving this country to having a president trying to literally tear it apart Joe Biden delivered a speech just a little while ago all about the soul of America, but it was nothing we haven't heard before, and nothing that will actually help all the problems Joe Biden's caused in the last 18 months, but we'll get to that a little later. For now, let's take a quick break and go back to the bad old days, when America was just as low as some would argue we are today. Now, after the Jimmy Carter years, America was a mess. And let's just say we were, A, a global embarrassment. Hmm, that sounds familiar. Okay. B, we had skyrocketing out-of-control gas prices also. Sounds familiar. And C, Carter not only let Iran take American hostages and humiliate us, but he let the American economy collapse under record inflation. Now, wait a minute. We have that, too. This also sounds... There there might be a pattern here. But anyway, let me not digress by going down the rabbit hole of all the exact parallels to what we're seeing today and we saw in the Carter years. But we can all agree that during the Carter presidency, America was not great. In fact, it was terrible. But then there was hope. Because when Ronald Reagan came around and said we needed to unite, that we all needed to be steadfast to turn things around, it gave us hope. You remember the good old days that followed, don't you? Don't you? When it was morning in America. It's morning again in America. Today, more men and women will go to work than ever before in our country's history interest rates at about half the record highs of 1980. This afternoon, 6,500 young men and women will be married, and with inflation at less than half of what it was just four years ago, they can look forward with confidence to the future. It's morning again in America, and under the leadership of President Reagan, our country is prouder and stronger and better. Why would we ever want to return to where we were less than four short years ago? And then he said it. Did he say it? He said it. The magic words, the words we know now as MAGA, the same ones that today mean domestic terrorist. But let's roll back the tape. Maybe it wasn't Donald Trump. Who said it first? Our
3: destiny is not our fate. It is our choice. And I'm asking you, as I ask all Americans, in these months of decision, please join me as we take this new path. You and your forebears built our nation. Now, please help us rebuild it. And together,
2: we'll make America great again. Thank you very much. (laughs) Ronald Reagan said it? Heavens to Murgatroyd, does this make Ronald Reagan the original domestic terrorist? He was a MAGA Republican. Does that mean Joe Biden thinks this? Ronald Reagan, too, is the leader of this domestic terrorism movement? Take a look.
3: The MAGA Republicans don't just threaten our personal rights and economic security. They're a threat to our very democracy.
2: Ronald Reagan... One of the great presidents of this country, maybe one of the greatest, is a threat to our very democracy, according to Joe Biden. But what is a MAGA Republican? If you listen to the array of hacks that call themselves experts and blurt out this fake knowledge over on the fake news, you would hear that uh, MAGA people are a bunch of white supremacists and the red hat is the new modern day swastika. But what do MAGA people really want? That's the question. What we want is simple. We want all of us to come together and make America great again. Back in 1980, you know, the stench of Carter's catastrophic presidency was still wafting through the White House walls. Um, But this Reagan rallying cry really worked. And make America great again was born. And it actually became all of us. Now, don't just take my word for it. Don't blindly believe me when I say we all need to come together to be united. Um, you of got to be united to be the United States of America. Um, But take a look. Here's exactly what happened across this country when Ronald Reagan started the MAGA movement. Virtually, it was all red. And then America went on an amazing run. Civil rights improved. The Cold War ended. The American economy was pumping. Simply put, America was thriving. And America was great again. But, don't get it twisted, this idea of uh, wanting America to be great, which is now apparently the greatest threat out there, uh, it's not only been a Republican belief. After Reagan, uh, Bill Clinton became a card-carrier member of the MAGA Mafia too when he announced his candidacy.
4: I ask you to join with us today to give me your hands and your hearts, to give me your prayers and your help. I believe that together we can make America great again. All right, so let, let me get this straight.
2: Reagan went out there and said, MAGA, and he won. And things were great. And then Clinton said it, he said MAGA, and he won. And things were pretty much uh, great again also. So what are today's Democrats really afraid of? It's not Trump. It's not MAGA people like they're pretending. Maybe there's a little bit of that. But what progressives and the socialists don't want is for us to be united. We can once again be great. But that's what they fear. Think about how sick that is. These people fear a great America. These people, they don't want us to be great at all. To Joe Biden, every person that ever uttered the words, let's make America great again, is officially tainted by the divider in chief. And according to him, if you're MAGA, you're an extremist threat. Don't believe me? Take a look. This is what he had to say just the other day, once again, using January 6th to demonize Republicans and turn Americans against each other.
3: Let me say this to my MAGA Republican friends in Congress. Don't tell me you support law enforcement if you won't condemn what happened on the 6th. Don't tell me. can't do it.
2: For God's sake, whose side are you on? They're pushing this message hard, and they're really pushing it onto their base because they want to divide us, and also they're pushing it onto the newly weaponized DOJ and FBI um, that we, anyone who supports making America great again, are domestic terrorists and we're the threat to this country for simply wanting it to be great. It seems to me more and more each day that they're trying to tear down America, not just keep it from being great, but actively trying to make it worse. And you want to know something? They ain't shy about it. Oh, no, they're not. Remember back in 2020, Democrat Majority Leader Chuckie Schumer said it right to our face. Now we take Georgia, and then we change America. (laughs) <laughs> you heard that right? They want to change America, and everything we believe in is either being torn down or papered over. Boys are now able to compete in women's sports. That don't sound right. Uh, moms are now deemed the uh, birthing people. It made it through every facet of our con- culture too. We lost our dear members of our food family, Aunt Jemima. Gone. Good old Uncle Ben. Gone. Even the delicious after-dinner treat, the Eskimo pie. Gone. 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 I can't believe they took the Eskimo pie. That one killed me. You know, these days, uh, Disney, who's supposed to be all about the kids, they support the socialist school union leaders like Randy Weingarten, and they're pushing this CRT and sex and race on our children, and that's a-OK. At the same time, the DOJ is chasing down soccer moms after school board meetings. And now, add it to the list. This just in. If you like making America great again, you're a threat to democracy. Are they changing America? I think they are. I mean, Chuck Schumer told us point blank. We didn't believe him in 2020. Not only are they changing America, they're making it worse. And they're getting worse along with it. Now that they've completed the illegal raid on Trump's home, I think they're taking aim at us. We the people. And uh, to me, Joe Biden just declared war on all Americans who want to make this country great again.
3: And for those brave right wing Americans who say it's all about keeping America, keeping America's independent and safe. If you want to fight against the country, you need an f F-15. You need something a little more than a gun. Uh,
2: Is this too much to ask Uh, in supposedly the freest country on earth? This is what the president is saying to us? Can we support a political ideology that Democrats and Republicans have embraced for decades and not have to worry about the FBI raiding our homes or threatening for F-15 fighter jets to buzz our neighborhood? Is that too much? I don't know. I'm telling you. Um, you might think that they'd say, hey, this is getting a little obvious here. I, we just raided Trump's home. Let's let's lay back a little bit. Uh, but no, they're doubling down. And in this humble Goomba's opinion, they're taking it to the next level. And Joe is once again telling us how they're going to change America. Scary stuff, folks. And they're basically classifying any red hat wearing MAGA supporter who wants his country to be great as people who need to be surveilled, followed, who knows, maybe even wiretapped, they did that to the president, as a domestic terrorist under the Patriot Act. And if you get a little more out of line, the DOJ, FBI may very well just start throwing us in jails with no due process and uncharged pretrial detentions. Think that sounds crazy? You think I'm kidding? Dozens of men and women are rotting in prison for wearing red hats and expressing their freedom of speech, and no one cares. Exhibit A, January 6th, prisoners, was a test run. Now that they know what they can do to them, next, they'll be coming for you or me. But I'll tell you this, I'm proud to want to make America great again. So, hey Joe Biden, hey Merrick Garland, to save you some money on the surveillance, I'm admitting it. I'm a MAGA Republican, and this bud's for you. If you want to find me, you know where I'm at. Joining us now is someone who works day in and day out to make and keep America great, despite living in a country doing everything they can to stop us. Congresswoman Claudia Tenney, Republican of New York and member of the House Foreign Affairs Committee, thank you so much for joining us tonight, Congresswoman.
5: Thank you. It's my honor to be to be on. Great monologue, by
2: the well, way. Thank you. Thank you so much. And it, it's just getting too crazy. It's like Bizarro World from Seinfeld. But uh, how do we how do we how do we get to this place where all of a sudden it's actually a bad thing that the president of this country who promised to be a uniter um, and he's out there saying he's battling for the soul of America and this primetime address? Uh, wh- wh- how do we get here?
5: First of all, I, I, the president is a career politician. He's obviously proving to be a buffoon. We see him as someone who has used his position uh, in his lifelong time in politics to leverage himself uh, a nice lifestyle, much better than most people who serve in politics in the federal government and his family, by the way, and 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 a, and a just a wash with scandals that everyone's forgetting about and not, or the FBI is refusing to talk about uh, while they're raiding President Trump. But I think what the essence of this is is that. Communism and socialism, which are authoritarian, uh, which take our rights away, which is the opposite of what our country stands for. It's our constitution, which is not a pure democracy. It is a constitutional republic, is about preserving freedom, human rights. And so Americans want to be independent. They want to love their country, their freedom. And it's really the opposite of what they're saying. They're calling this half fascism or fascism. Fascism is about authoritarianism. That's exactly what the Democrats are delivering in states like New York, where I live, but also in the national okay. government. They have proven that they are actually more half fascism than anyone I've seen. Yeah, you know, nah, the, the shutting nah. us down, the masks, everything else. And it, so it, Americans want to see this, as you rightly pointed out, we want unity. We want to love our country. We want to love freedom, the uniqueness of our country. We we aren't being, you know, being cast is just because you want to make America great. By the way, awesome to show you uh, even— Bill Clinton talking about making America great. Yeah, this has been
2: like a rallying cry to bring the country together for Democrats and Republicans. I almost feel like they're like, all right, they're using that slogan again. That's a winner. We got to we got to smash the slogan. But uh, Congresswoman, I want to play for you um, a little bit of uh, what minority leader Kevin McCarthy said as a precursor um, to the speech Joe Biden just gave a little while ago. Take uh, Leader McCarthy.
6: The American people deserve a Congress that focuses on their needs. In November, our country faces a clear choice. It's a choice between two different philosophies and two different futures. This is a national referendum. Republicans have a plan for a new direction that will get our country back on track. Our plan is a commitment to America. If Republicans are given the opportunity an honor to have the majority in the House, we will work day and night, hour after hour for you, the people.
2: It sure seems like uh, once again, the future of America is on the ballot this midterm season. How are you feeling about the midterms, Congresswoman?
5: I feel positive about the midterms. I think that, uh, you know, I don't necessarily think we're going to take the House back in as big a numbers as everyone is projecting. And I always have thought that because of the election integrity issues, I had a tough race in 2020, and I founded the Election Integrity Caucus. and there's a lot of issues we still need to resolve with that. But I think what's happening is a lot of Americans don't realize with so much media, uh, there's so many choices and so hard to know who's really telling the truth. But I think what Kevin uh, McCarthy, the minority leader, hopefully soon will be speaker, is saying is that we need to stick together and talk about what really makes America great. And, and remember, making America great again and Trump's vision— is very and you know that they love to vilify anything Trump, and they hope that they can get everybody talking about Trump and the raid on Mar-a-Lago and get away from inflation, the problem at the border, the disaster in Afghanistan. You know, my son uh, just got out of active duty in the Marine Corps. You know, nothing is, is more heartbreaking than to see uh, these people who suffered, who lost their, their children, uh, the people our Afghan uh, allies who helped us. You know, the, dis- the disaster of this Joe Biden. But uh, look, I think we are gonna we have a good shot of doing it. I want to just say something really important. Okay. That midterm, uh, that, you, that special election in New York is not a bellwether no. uh, for, I don't know if that re- it was not a bellwether because that is a seat that the Democrats had a very expensive primary in and the general election was all at the same time. The general election special was yep. really hard to get the Republicans to the polls. I think Mark Molinaro, who's in that race, is going to win. The Democrat who ran her entire race all on right. abortion lost big time so i yeah. just think that's going to be the difference i think we're going to do well though
2: yeah me too and uh, that that to me that was a straw man uh congresswoman claudia tenney thank you so much god bless you and the family we'll have you back thank soon. You. thanks all right coming up who's uh, pretty responsible for kickstarting this investigation into trump's presidential records uh is it this guy or that guy not quite We'll tell you more about who's behind it all with our legal panel joining us next. Don't move.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com/system all lowercase to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com/system.
2: So we're a few weeks post uh, the FBI raid in Mar-a-Lago, and yes, we know we have both Merrick Garland and Chris w- Ray to thank for it, including many others. But who really kickstarted this investigation? Well, folks, you're not going to believe it. It's this guy, David Ferriero, the 10th archivist of the United States. And as Trump was exiting the White House on January 20th, 2021, this is the footage that triggered David Ferriero. Do you see anything wrong with this? Well, apparently... Ferrero did. And here's what he had to say. I can't remember watching the Trumps leaving the White House and saying to myself, what the hell is in that box? That began a whole process of trying to determine whether any records had not been turned over to the archives. In a nutshell, this guy was trying to find just about anything to target Trump post presidency. But is Trump legally protected? And if so, how? Let's bring in our panel to break all this down. Uh, Join us tonight, Mike Davis, former clerk to Supreme Court Justice Neil Gorsuch and the founder of Article 3 Project. And Aaron Elmore is an attorney, Republican strategist and columnist for townhall.com. Welcome to you both. Um, Hey, uh, Aaron, what are your reactions to this Ferriero guy and his part in this raid
7: well, he's obviously being used as a political pawn here, and I would describe it as one word, and that is pathetic. We already know that when a president leaves office, he can classify anything that he wants. He can have Barron walking out of there with documents if he wants. He can literally do absolutely anything at that point in time pursuant to all the powers that present of a presidency. So this is just basically another fishing expedition, and we'll get into— the subpoenas and the affidavits. This whole thing is nothing more than a way to take down President Trump and tarnish his image and possibly prohibit from running him from running again.
2: That's how it seems, um, Mike. I want to go to you. The president is uh, obviously protected by the Presidential Records Act of uh, 1978, and it requires the president and his staff take all practical steps to file personal records separately. From presidential records, and uh, the president basically has discretion to determine what is personal material. Um, It seems like they leave this out of the conversation, but how much of that is true, Mike? That he could basically wave a wand.
8: So, Aaron's exactly right. The Supreme Court, in a 1988 case, Department of Navy versus Egan, made it very clear that the President of the United States, as Commander in Chief can classify or declassify anything he wants for any reason he wants. He doesn't have to report it to anyone, including any bureaucrat or librarian at the National Archives who works for him. And he doesn't have to follow the statutes, the regulations that apply to everyone else on the planet except for the president. So when President Trump uh, took records out of the White House. He, they are declassified by his actions. He could absolutely wave a magic wand. Just like when, uh, when President Obama got caught on the hot mic in March of 2012, telling the president of Russia that he would have more negotiating room after the presidential election on nuclear defense, uh, nuclear defense programs. That's highly classified nuclear documents, nuclear materials. But President Obama cannot be charged under the Espionage Act because he's the commander-in-chief. And just like you said with the Presidential Records Act, the president has the sole determination whether a record is personal that goes to him or a presidential record that goes to the archives and then goes back to his library. This is a political witch hunt. Taking it one
2: step further, Aaron, I saw you on uh, with my buddy John Bachman the other day talking about whether this whole raid even met the standard. Um, You and uh, Professor Dershowitz were kind of disagreeing on the point, let's just say. Um, Let's take a look at uh, Aaron and her thoughts on what the raid is and if it even counts at all.
7: Probable cause doesn't need um, a prosecutor and a defense attorney, and a jury of someone's peers to ascertain that there is probable cause. It can be a biased form to get to that conclusion.
3: I agree with some of what was said by a previous guest, but I disagree fundamentally with some of it. There's plenty of probable cause.
2: <laughs> hey, Mike, uh, Aaron, it, it turns out the uh, assistant uh, director of the FBI came out and agreed with you over. Uh, Professor Dershowitz. But Mike, I want to ask you, um, to Aaron's point, could this whole thing be much to do about nothing if they didn't meet the burden for reasonable grounds to even get the warrant?
8: Yeah, I mean, they went to a biased judge. This magistrate judge, Bruce Reinhardt, just recused from President Trump's civil lawsuit against Hillary Clinton on Russian collusion on June 22nd. Apparently, his obvious judicial bias under 28 U.S.C. 455A and Canon 2 and Canon 2A of the the judicial canons disappeared over six a six week period when he authorized this unnecessary, unprecedented, unlawful home raid on a former uh, former president. Look at the end of the day, Newsweek, the Biden Justice Department leaked out to Newsweek. I think by mistake what this is all about. President Trump took a declassified personal copy of the crossfire hurricane records within him to Mar-a-Lago. They are damning for Obama, Biden, Hillary, uh, the, the, the FBI, the <laughs> intel community. And that's what this raid is all about. They're going to get these records.
2: And they want them yeah. back, that's for sure. Speaking of past presidents, there have been a few scandals regarding records, one being uh, Bill Clinton's audio tapes that were hidden in his sock drawer. Judicial Watch was all over this back in 2012, but the judge didn't even act upon it. Uh, Take a look at this memorandum he wrote from January 20th, 1993 to January 2001. uh, Branch recorded 79 audio tapes that preserved Clinton's thoughts and commentary on issues he was facing as president, telephone conversations. The judge ruled against Clinton handing over the audio tapes with protection from the Presidential Records Act. Uh, Aaron, shouldn't they be just doing this for Trump too?
7: Of course not, because there are two standards of justice. There's one if you're a Democrat and you have a server in your house and you're killing things with bleach bit and hitting hard drives. and There's another if you're a Republican. So it's a completely biased system. And to piggyback on Mike's point is that, you know, this judge, Bruce Reinhardt in Palm Beach here, he also made disparaging comments about President Trump on social media and I believe donated to Hillary Clinton's campaign. So the probable cause is therefore tainted. So all of this from the beginning is absolutely mired in controversy and is nothing more than complete and utter witch hunt.
2: I'm going to rattle off my ninth grade uh, legal skills. It sounds like it could be the fruit of the poisonous tree. (laughs) But uh, some great legal expertise from you guys. Not quite myself. Mike Davis, Aaron Elmore, thank you so much.
7: I don't think there's any poison tree here, just poison Democrats.
2: Uh, There you go. Guys, have a great night. Thank you. All right, Texas Governor Greg Abbott is at it again. He's expanding his promise to send illegal immigrants to sanctuary cities. We'll break down what's happening when Greg Kelly reports returns.. It is so
0: if you've had it with the old news, and the same spent. Well, then Spicer and Company's your place. For the inside story. And for the facts that you need to know.
2: All right, more gifts, courtesy of uh, Texas Governor Greg Abbott. Buses full of illegal migrants arrived in a new city this week, care of Texas Governor Greg Abbott. The state leader is now sending border crosses to Chicago for the first time. No, it's not New York. It's not D.C. Now it's to Chicago, and with the group rolling into the Windy City late Wednesday night, Chicago's mayor sounded a lot like the swagger man here in New York, Eric Adams and Muriel Bowser. Lori Lightfoot blasted Abbott over this move. Listen to her whining.
5: Governor Abbott's racist and xenophobic practices of expulsion have only amplified the challenges many of these migrants have experienced on their journey to find a safe place. The governor's actions are not just inhumane, They're unpatriotic.
2: (laughs) We want them to cross the border, but we don't want them to come here. Uh, Joining us right now to discuss is former Acting Customs and Border Protection Commissioner, Senior Law Enforcement Analyst Mark Morgan. Uh, How crazy is this? Governor Abbott issued his own statement, kind of impartial quote, Mayor Lightfoot loves to tout the responsibility of a city to welcome all regardless of legal status. And I look forward to seeing this responsibility in action as the migrants receive resources from a sanctuary city with the capacity to
4: serve them. Uh, What do you say, sir? Yeah, first of all, I know Governor Abbott and he's not a racist. Mm -hmm. Let's just put that to bed right now. The second thing is, is the mayor in Chicago, D.C., New York, what do they have in common John, you already said it. Look, those three cities have some of the most prolific sanctuary city laws. They have supported and defended President Biden's open border policies. What she fails to tell you, just like the other mayors, is since day one that the President Biden sent in that oval office, he's been flying illegal aliens. Uh, to these three cities. Secretary Mayorkas, with the help of NGOs, have been flying illegal aliens to these three cities for the past 18, 19 months, yet they fail to say anything. And one last thing, look at the, the love of hypocrisy. These are some of the, the largest cities in this country. There are some border towns, the entire county has less than 25,000 uh, people in their county, yet they're getting six, 7,000 illegal aliens a day. Their cities are crushed and overwhelmed, yet this mayor gets a couple of buses, and all of a sudden, it's a catastrophe.
2: Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. Every time we have you on, we're talking about another mayor complaining. Um, it's all the stuff that they campaigned on on say they love. But we're short on time tonight, but you're always great. Mark Morgan, thank you so much.
4: You bet. Thanks.
2: All right, coming up, Trump's request for an independent third party to review documents seized in the Mar-a-Lago search might not be out of the question. We'll give you the latest update next.
4: It's our America. We built it. Courage.
2: Freedom. Millions go to Newsmax when they need to know. Start today on the free Newsmax app. Newsmax is real news for real people. A Florida federal judge is delaying a decision on a request from former President Donald Trump for a special master To review the documents seized from Trump's home last month by the FBI. Now, Judge Aline Cannon will also unseal a detailed inventory of what the FBI seized at Mar-a-Lago. This comes after the Justice Department rejected President Trump's call for a special master to look over the documents, which included this photo. Joining us now is Executive Director of America Matters, former Army Special Forces weapons and uh, author, of winning the second Civil War without firing a shot. Jim Hansen. Hey, Jim, thanks for joining us. So these top secret Mar-a-Lago documents were so secret and important that the agents decide to dump them on the floor and take pictures of them for the media and the public. Um, What do you make of this?
1: Yeah, that right there shows you that it wasn't about actually finding the dangerous documents. It was about pretending that President Trump was somehow being reckless in his use of documents that he claims a legitimate right to. They don't want to argue about whether he has a right to these documents, which is what the special master would determine at this point. They want to go ahead and just leak to the media and smear and that does their job.
2: I wonder, you know, if any of these documents were redacted in any of the other filings, but it's okay to spread them out on the floor and say, hey, everyone, you can see all these secret documents. But uh, it sure looks like the DOJ is likely to push an indictment towards Donald Trump, uh, but maybe wait until after the midterm elections to do this. What's their strategy here?
1: I think they're trying to do two things. One is they have an obsession with trying to punish Donald Trump. They failed with Mueller. They failed with impeachment one, impeachment two, and they really don't have anything on him at all for January 6th. So this is their next shot, their last best shot. It's like Al Capone's tax records. You know, they're trying to find something to pin on him because he's their white whale. And the second thing is to chill every one of the rest of us and scare us with the idea that if they'll raid President Trump's Compound. The rest of us have nowhere to hide.
2: Yeah, I thought it was pretty scary. What I took away from uh, what Biden was saying, hey, uh, you know, you guys want guns to fight back against a tyrannical government? We got F-15s, and he's kind of basically saying, hey, we can go to the ex-president's house, and whether you got guns or not, we can come to your neighborhood because we got bigger weapons than you. It's kind of scary overall. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked by the things that are happening.
1: I don't think there's any way to take what Biden said, calling us fascists and threatening us with the U.S. military as anything other than a complete threat against the free speech and individual liberty of all of his and the left's political enemies. Absolutely. And that is what fascism's all about.
2: Absolutely. I want to thank you for giving us some time tonight, Jim. Uh, we greatly appreciate it. You guys stay right there. Coming up next, uh, Joe Pinion and more.
9: Greg Kelly reports. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell and I want to give each and every one of you one last chance to get your very own My Pillow Kale bed sheets. Go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen, use your promo code and you'll get the lowest prices ever. For example, you get my best-selling queen size regular 89.98 now only 39.98. Percale is a type of weave that gives you that cool, crisp feel. These bed sheets are available in a variety of colors. They're durable and they come with deep pockets that fit over any mattress. They're absolutely amazing. So go to mypillow.com or call that number on your screen now. Use your promo code to get my king size, split kings, or California kings for only $49.98. Queen size and RV queens, only $39.98 full size for 34.98 or twin and twin XL for only 29.98. We have limited quantities and once they're gone they're gone, so order now. Now we take Georgia Chuck. and then we change America.
2: <laughs> Democrats like Chuck Schumer have been telling us straight up what they plan to do to this country. Um, But someone who's standing in the way of them changing this country anymore, stopping the destruction, uh, joins us right now. A Republican nominee for U.S. Senate here in New York, my buddy Joe Pinion. Joe, you got to stop these guys for us. What's happening? Well, look, uh, what's happening is that it is a plan
10: in action, failure by design. Uh, We have the taxes that have been raised on purpose, the interest rates that have been raised on purpose, all while they continue to print our money like a bunch of drunken sailors. Uh, Japan has called. uh, They want their failed 90s economic policy back. (laughs) And Main Street USA is
2: about to get crushed because these people will destroy America to keep control of it. So, Joe, uh, Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy shared his take on uh, what Biden's first words should be. Take a look at this.
6: When the president speaks tonight at Independence Hall, the first lines out of his mouth should be to apologize for slandering tens of millions of Americans as fascists. <laughs>
2: Uh, I don't know, Joe. I I doubt we know he's not going to apologize. He hasn't apologized. But uh, Chuck Schumer should apologize for what he's doing to this country. And I know how hard you're working. Um, What are you going to do, Joe, to take this guy down and affect change in that Senate?
10: Well, look, first step is to be here to let people know uh, that New Yorkers have a chance to have a choice, but more importantly, that what Chuck Schumer has done down in D.C. for the last 42 years in the name of New Yorkers, it impacts every single person that calls this nation home. And so we need people to help us knock on doors, to help make phone calls, uh, because this man named Joe Biden, who quoted the words of Lincoln, my whole soul is in it, the unifier of all unifiers, and now this man can't stop going one sentence without dividing Americans with his co-pilot in division, a man named Charles Ellis Schumer. And so this is the moment to let people know that 87,000 new IRS agents is abnormal, that 60 percent of the children in New York State not reading at grade level is abnormal, uh, that shootings going up 90 percent in New York City and 12 major cities hitting all-time highs for homicide because of the three most dangerous words in American politics, defund the police. None of this is normal. And the fact that Charles Schumer can't be bothered to clear his throat, much less address these issues, is exactly why we need to raise the nation of patriots to remove him from politics once and
2: for all. Yeah, I call him Chuck E. Cheese because his whole act is full of holes like some Swiss cheese. But uh, I do want to take a listen, Joe, to what uh, Biden chose to say. He didn't take uh, Leader McCarthy up on his suggestion. Take a look at this and your thoughts.
3: My fellow Americans. Please, if you have a seat, take it. I speak to you tonight from sacred ground in America, Independence Hall in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. This is where America made its Declaration of Independence to the World more than two centuries ago with an idea
2: unique among nations. Joey, give us 30 seconds on this crazy stuff. Yeah. I mean, look, this man, Joe
10: Biden, our president, this man, Charles Ellis Schumer, they are the welfare queens that Ronald Reagan warned us about, mm-hmm. never working a single day in the private sector in their entire lives. And now they are bankrupting America to enjoy their lifetime achievement awards. So we need people to go to JoePinion.com. We need people to go all around the countryside and let people know that Chuck Schumer is on the ballot, that this is the year that we can defeat him. This is the year we can... Can bring common sense for we the people back to the halls of power down in D.C.
2: All right, Joey, Pate, Joe Pinion, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Really appreciate you. Thank Joe. you so much, my friend. God bless. Let's get it done. Same to you. Uh, we take a closer look at what Joe Biden had to say with uh, Dick Morris coming up next right here on Greg Kelly Reports. Information, truth is freedom. Is Newsmax. It's real news for real people. Now, just a short while ago, Joe Biden wrapped up his dramatic battle for the soul of America primetime address. And uh, let's bring in Dick Morris, the host of Dick Morris Democracy, right here on Newsmax, former advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump, and author of the great new book, The Return. Trump's big 2024 comeback. Uh, Mr. Morris, uh, uh, what's your
11: original initial response to tonight's address? The Democratic strategy is coming into view. What they're planning to do is to make Donald Trump the issue. Attacking him, indicting him probably, uh, going after him in the speech. And they want to provoke a response from Trump. And what they want to do is have Donald Trump dominate the headlines so that Joe Biden isn't noticed, that he can sneak in and nobody cares anymore about inflation or about gas prices or about the border or about Ukraine. All they're worried about is Donald Trump. And uh, if he's indicted, uh, that'll give them a great talking point. They could spend the whole time saying, will he be indicted? Will he be convicted? Will he be able to run? And the goal here is to distract attention from Joe Biden. For the last two months, the number of people that think the American economy is getting worse has dropped by 17 points. It's not that the economy is getting better. It's that the country is getting distracted because Biden is is on vacation, right. uh, hiding and and uh, ultimately disappearing from view. Well, right now he's back into view to put Trump on the stage. And
2: now and, when he when he uh, uh, Mr. Barr, now when he does pop back in, uh, he's talking about basically taking aim at all of Trump's followers or supporters. Take a look at this, Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans
3: represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic.
2: I would submit uh, the man in the White House is uh, not normal, but uh, your thoughts on this?
11: Yeah, uh, but don't miss the point. What he's trying to do is to make Donald Trump radioactive. He's trying to make Trump the issue. So everybody debates Trump and nobody focuses on Biden. And nobody talks about unemployment and inflation and gas prices and Ukraine and the border and all of that because everybody's focused on Trump. I remember during the Clinton presidency when Monica Lewinsky was the big issue. And that's all anyone talked about. Nobody noticed that there was a guy named Osama bin Laden living in Afghanistan or anything. Everybody was focusing on Monica and would Clinton be impeached and so on. Now, I think that their long-range strategy is even more devious. I think, and I have this in my book, The Return, they are trying to foment a primary in the Republican Party. Right. They're trying to make Trump so radioactive right. that people will say, I like him, but why should I inherit this baggage? Let's nominate DeSantis, somebody without baggage. And if that were to happen... Trump would fight back vigorously because he doesn't want to let this presidency be stolen from him by the phony allegations over this affidavit. It's a bookkeeper's fight. And what, this can, what would happen then is a bloody and divisive primary in the Republican Party. And the wounds would take a decade to heal, it yep. would rip the party apart. And that is the Democratic goal focus attention on Trump, make him radioactive induce DeSantis or somebody else to run, rip the party apart, and go up the middle. Run up the middle. That's their strategy.
2: Well, uh, Dick Morris, I know uh, you talk to the president every so often. Don't let him get suckered into this stuff, please. Uh, And thank you so much for joining us tonight. Always appreciate your insights. Thank you, John. All right. uh, Thank you for joining us tonight here on Greg Kelly Reports. I'm John Tobacco, and I'll see you back here again tomorrow night.